I'm so excited to be nominated. It's just an honor to be nominated. Honor to be nominated. Hi, I'm Ezra. I'm Chandler. And I'm Claudia, and together we are honored to be nominated, a new podcast coming at you every week discussing any movie that's ever been nominated for an Academy Award. Today we're discussing the 1952 movie musical classic Singing in the Rain, which I, as a dancer, have never seen before today. <laughs> I've also never seen before, and I am also heavily in the movement industry, not as a dancer, but still. I'm not sure I've ever danced, but I've seen this movie very uh, many times because I am, of course, a flaming queen. <laughs> I mean, what's it all about? But yeah, so Singing in the Rain, um, classic. Um, if you haven't seen it, run, don't walk, and do it. Um, not to spoil sort of where we're going with this. But essentially, it's about um, a movie actor and stuntman uh, named Don Lockwood, played by Gene Kelly, and his, like, you know, right-hand man, Cosmo, who's a pianist. And they kind of came from vaudeville and kind of conned their way into the movie industry. And... Uh, Gene Kelly's character is now the star of the silent film with uh, Lena Lamont, uh, playing by Gene Hagen as sort of his like co-star who she thinks they're in a relationship and he doesn't. Um, <laughs> uh, but then uh, through a kind of series of romantic comedy-esque shenanigans, he ends up in a, a car with um, a uh, actress named Kathy Sheldon, played by the great, late great Debbie Reynolds. Um, who's like, movie acting? I don't think so. I'm a stage actor. And they hit it off, and then essentially, um, as the film goes on, sound through the jazz singing, which is a real film, um, is introduced into the movies, and they're like, oh shit, we need to, like, we can't do silent movies anymore, so they decide to uh, make the movie they're making into a musical. The only issue is that Lena Lamont, the, the female star of the picture, uh, has a terrible speaking and singing voice. Uh, and so they sort of come up with this harebrained harebrained plot to get Debbie Reynolds to be her voice, and then happy ending. They all live happily ever after. Essentially, is the sort of broad strokes. Um, but really, I would argue this movie is a song delivery system. Mm. Yeah. In the way that I would say, like the best of old Hollywood musicals are, where you're like, great, and like they're doing this so they can do a song, and I'm okay exactly. with it. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm not mad about it. It's what. Yeah, it's what like what do you those jukebox musicals now mm. think they are? Yes. But this is just done much much better. Yes. No, and I was I was saying this to Claudia before we started record, but I think there's a very like both in plot and in like style and in performance is a great like let's put on a show sort of old Hollywood uh, thing that I just really really respond to in this movie where it's just like. Because there's a whole bit at the beginning about, like, are movie stars actors, or are they just, like, clowns and jesters? And, like, all three of these lead actors, uh, Reynolds, O'Connor, and Kelly, are just have so, like, little ego about what they're doing, at least on screen, where they're willing to look stupid. Um, they're incredible performers. So, yeah, it's just a really good movie. Shockingly, this movie was only nominated for two Academy Awards, one being for Best Supporting Actress for uh, Gene Hagen, which I think we all could agree that that would be our last choice for I mean, she any acting work. nomination. She does fine work. But she's, she's not as good as the and other best, And then Best Music, which the music's great, but it Fantastic. did not win either of those awards. So 
What won best That's music? That's interesting. What could have possibly have beaten this for best music? I looked it up. It's like another like music movie about music, so it like makes sense. I read the title and I was like, with a song in my heart, but it was just for like the score. Has Not anyone like ever heard of it? Yeah, no. The- Should have gone to singing in the rain. I'm sorry. <laughs> or skip ahead to that little reveal. Uh, it is weird that it wasn't nominated for like a best song. Oh yeah. Is weird. Yeah. Why were none of the songs nominated? Singing in the rain. I mean, it literally. There's so many them. like classics. Mm-hmm. So many that like we still use to this day. Like so many iconic, even like visuals, like the the uh, street lamp that Gene mm-hmm. Kelly like. Like dances on dances off and like when he's when he's singing in the rain just so like like there's been callbacks to that so many times i don't know it's just what it's what just so i weird. have just discovered through my strenuous research uh, of googling it <laughs> is that actually only two of these songs are original and essentially other than that it's a jukebox musical oh really almost all these songs are pulled from other movie musicals that makes sense oh, still should have won <laughs> Um, the original ones are Moses Supposes uh, and Singing in, and uh, Make Them Laugh. Which are the, the two best fantastic. songs? Fantastic, yes. yeah. I'd... I watched this movie last night and I think I watch, I don't know if you can tell from my voice and general demeanor, but I watch a lot of musicals. And, <laughs> I, um, and I watch, I watch, I've seen like a lot of the modern stuff and I've seen a lot of the classic stuff. Um, and so I mean, this is always really striking to me about any time you see an old Hollywood musical, I think this is one of the best examples of that, is the way the other shot changes, and I would argue it changes with Grease. But now we cast movie stars who kind of can't really do anything, including act, um, unfortunately. And so like, but so like the way dance scenes are shot, it's all really like super fragmented. Where it's like, here's one part of the body, and here's another part of the body. Well, this, like, mm-hmm. all the, the camera's like, we're just going to put them in a long shot, and they're just going to dance. And you're like, yeah. oh, shit, they're doing that. Okay. Like, to think about, like, this yeah. compared to, like, Cats, which is a dance show, and the way that movie was filmed, I was like, are, are any human beings dancing on the set? Like, what the fuck's going on? Yeah. Well, there are so many flaws Indeed. in Cats, but we can get into that <laughs> in another episode. Yeah. Or I guess we can't, because it wasn't nominated for anything rightfully so yeah but yeah it's it's very it's you really do see like the talent of the the dancers in this Mm -hmm. film just because it is only a long shot and like you know if if one of them messed up if they weren't together too bad so sad you gotta go back and do that take again yeah and those taps are so fast and intricate that like if that was off i mean Although I, I, I'm i pretty sure the taps were pre-recorded and then they just did the steps, but I'm not positive. I would have to do some research. I think you're right Either about way, that. they're definitely doing taps. It's those taps. It just might not be happening live. David says we can blame cats for COVID because that's just around the time the world started to end. <laughs> um, so Truly. Andrew Lloyd Webber yeah. tweeted yesterday, I'm getting the, vaccine, the, the t- first test vaccine tomorrow because I will do whatever it takes to reopen theaters. Oh my god! It's like Andrew. All right, cool. Yeah, I think that I I think you're right, but only for sound purposes. Those taps, because yeah, yeah, I think oh yeah of the time. Um, but the choreography in this, I I, I kind of going off what Ezra said. I think maybe some of the best movie choreography I've ever seen because it actually just sort of like puts the camera there and do the full dance and these incredibly yeah. incredibly I mean, talented they are dancing. They are dancing, dancing. 
um make yeah. uh uh make them laugh is um i mean it's it's certainly dance but it's also this like insane movement choreography that is just brilliant it's a masterclass in comedy it's a masterclass in acting it's it's so so incredible and there's the famous story about make them laugh is that after recording it the actor had to be in the hospital for several days um and like obviously that's terrible but like i mean lord like i think if i had to pick a best three minute performance of like just three minutes of a film to be like is this the single greatest three minutes of an actor's performance? It might be make him laugh. Like, you know, obviously, like, step it's, aside Pacino and The Godfather. You know what I mean? It's, the, like, it's a little I bit mean, of the, like... I mean, honestly... The, Donald O'Connor deserved a nomination. It's a bananas uh, where, you didn't get it. Because he's a great... He's a, he does great, like, acting work, too. Yeah. He's, oh, fantastic. He's so funny. And is absolutely so, playing so Cosmo good. gay. Is 100% playing Cosmo as a queer man who is the music director, person, writer... Um, <laughs> The Ezra of the group, uh, absolutely, <laughs> this, this person gay. I would say going, since we're talking about the amazingness that is O'Connor, I would say I was really struck, as Claudia was saying, by like his acting work when I, because like I watch Make Him Laugh on YouTube, I would say about once a week. <laughs> um, Fair. Uh, just wait, just to pause, just so that our audience can understand <laughs> our like friendship dynamic. So, you know, in a pre-covid world when we were able to hang out without <laughs> doom and uh, we would after a long night of hanging out and drinking and doing making bad choices we end up on the couch and we play the youtube game what we like to call and we pass around the controller or whatever and each of us gets to pick a youtube video just to watch and we're not following any sort of theme it's just what it's your pick and there's no rules and i will say i think Almost every single time Ezra has picked make him laugh at least once. And now seeing it in context, justified. I think so good. fully justified. Continue. No, but yeah, totally. Um, but I think that like, I, I was really struck by the scene in the producer's office where they're having to pitch it as a musical and Cosmo's oh. coming up with like, like script edits. And it's oh. like a master class in comedy. And he's like, and he's like, here, have a cigar. And he's like, offers him his own cigar. And I was like, is this improvised? Like, it's like just a very, like, I also love, like, Abbott and Costello. And, like, there's this certain, like, brand of, like, vaudeville um, mm. music and comedy that I think we've lost. Um, for better or for worse, because a, a lot of it's very racist. But, very racist. Yeah. But I think that that there are sort of level no of... no people of color in this movie, but... No, 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 no. It's, you know, it is a, a movie that is an entirely white cast about white people doing white things. That being said, though, is that I think that, like, for all of the fair criticisms of vaudeville sociopolitically, the sort of, like, vibe of vaudeville, of just, like, mm-hmm. before, like, acting was kind of colored by the sort of Meisner, Brando, ultra-seriousness, yeah. which I also, like, obviously respond to that acting. Like, I'm not, like, saying Marlon Brando doesn't know how to act. But I do think that there is a, like, level of, um, like, fun that we've lost where there aren't a lot of... Act- like, just pure entertainment. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's just fun. Yeah. For the sake of fun. And we... I agree. I think we've lost that sort of... Like, everything has to have a deeper meaning, it feels like now. Whereas, like, why can't we just have people dance on stage for three minutes or just kind of, like, run around a set and run into things just... Just for the sake of it being fun. Yeah, and it all feels so, like, even though, like, and I'm sure we'll get into this, apparently behind the scenes it was a little bit more chaotic 
uh, what Gene Kelly would like to verbally abuse Debbie Reynolds, and it was written and produced by a pedophile. By who? And, uh, Arthur Freed. Even though all of that, there's just this joy, and it's like the same thing that you get. I mean, like I think we were talking about this earlier, but I think the, the three greatest movie musicals of all time are Sound of Music, Singing in the Rain, and West Side Story. And I think all three of those have this like total like energy of just like we're just doing this. And I think all three of those are very different, but I think that all three mm-hmm. of those come from very specific time in both theater and in film, where it's just like, we're just going to do it. Where, like, if they're singing a song, they're just going to hold the camera on, and you're going to watch Julie Andrews emote. Or you're just going to watch Jerome Robbins choreography. Or you're going to watch Gene Kelly be weirdly the sexiest man you've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. I've watched this with, with my with partner, the- and I was like, anytime he's just standing there, I'm like, oh, whatever. But then anytime he starts to move, I'm like, is this the most beautiful man who ever lived? <laughs> um, with an incredible amount of, I, I mean, I don't know the history of, of camp, but this movie has a lot of campiness to it in a very, very fun way. It's, I, th- I think it just goes off that, like, it's just a very fun movie, but it's very campy in a lot of ways. Um, the costume design is the same way. I, I don't know. It feels just very uh, bright and fun and yeah, yeah, campy. The the finale, which or like yeah, it's not the it is the finale. It's the fa- finale number, which makes zero sense in context. Like it doesn't aid the plot in every any sort of way, but it's just like an excuse for a. 50 person dance ensemble just dancing and Gene Kelly getting to do this duet with this other woman who we've never seen before but then suddenly she's this beautiful lyrical dancer and you're just like all right <laughs> and then and then you realize it's like a, a fantasy of his and you're like all right but yeah like just that like fun and joy and excitement and camp for the sake of fun joy excitement and camp Mm-hmm. And I feel like we've lost that sometimes when it comes to movies and particularly movie musicals. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. And I think it's interesting to like, I famously hate musical comedy because I think almost all musical comedy is bad. But like, Moses Supposes is a ridiculous song where the plot grinds to a halt so they can do, <laughs> like, it absolutely stops dead in its tracks so that... <laughs> These two characters can just make fun of this dialect coach, but it is and put a one chair of the most on him and a over his head, and so funny. It's incredible. It's in- it's incredible, and like Good Morning, like does, like serves no plot purpose. Again, it grinds to a halt. But it's but is arguably the best part of the movie. Good morning. I watch Good Morning about once a week as well. Good, good morning is very good. Good morning is incredible. Plus, it's just the, the, the three of them being just like the most talented people to ever live, uh, with this just amazing That's who choreography. Chandler, Ezra, and I aspire Indeed. to be truly. Uh, and it's 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 incredible, and it works. And it, the the raincoat bit with uh, where they cover their heads with the raincoats and do this little silly dance. It's ridiculous, but it's incredible. Apparently, so I was reading. I was reading that when they filmed Good Morning, they filmed it from eight a.m. to eleven p.m. And at the end, Debbie Reynolds' feet were, like, just covered in blood. Oh, my blood, God. Because yeah. she's not a dancer. No. Now she is. No, she was a gymnast. She a... And then she, and, yeah. and so they hired her because she was, like, pretty and, like, 
was a gymnast and then Gene Kelly who was the choreographer was just like an asshole to her and like so one day I, at the MGM lot she was under a piano sobbing and someone was like hi miss are you okay and she's like I just can't get these fucking dances and looks up and it's Fred Astaire and then Fred Astaire's oh. like we'll sort you out and then Fred Astaire helped her learn the choreography I love that that's really kind of amazing she does she wasn't a dancer before this she's does incredible work yeah. In this, as a dancer. I also think, mo- transitioning completely into left field, I also think this should have been nominated and won an Oscar for costume design. Um, mm. And production design. Because it's outstanding. Production design and costume design in this movie is... Whew, 10 out of 10. The costumes are beautiful. And the co- the use of color and the use of... The color. Oh. The bright colors and, like, the um, fantasy scenes versus, like, the more muted neutrals. So good. So, mm. so good. We are, we do apologize yes. for only ever doing movies that are just really good and just complimenting them this whole time. <laughs> We're going to do some bad movies. Don't you wait. Avatar is on the chopping block. We promise. Block. Stop it. Good movie. Um, <laughs> no, but I know it's, it's just, it's hard to talk about Singing in the Rain, I think, because it's just so good. And because, like, what is good about it is really hard to describe because it's just us sitting here being like, it's really sweet and the dances are good, which is like, <laughs> what's good about Singing in the Rain? It's also just... It's a feel-good movie. Yeah, it's a feel-good yeah. movie that's like really weird because there's a romance that they spent like essentially no time on. <laughs> yeah. But it works. Yeah, it does. It absolutely works. Um, the, the, the latter where they're... He goes into the studio and 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 like turns on the lights and puts her up on this ladder and and does like this beautiful sequence is gorgeous and you're like yeah these two people really like each other and are into each other you know you buy a lot when they're singing and dancing. I wrote in my notes that a lot of this movie and particularly the comedy or like when a big production number is coming is almost predictable, mm-hmm. but. I didn't care. Like, I was like, yay, it's, we made it. We got the joke. We got the dance. <laughs> so it's just one of those movies. Yeah. This is the movie that Will Schuster watches when he's sick. And, and I know that. And then does a great medley of Singing in the Rain and uh, Rihanna's Umbrella, if I recall correctly, in which this high school theater yes, program. starring Gwyneth Paltrow. Yes, high school theater program, I believe, has a rain machine. It does, right. it does, but they can't get funding to go to nationals. Indeed. It's fine. Very fun number in Glee, but good, it makes zero number. sense. They're also all drunk on stage during that number, which is another plot point that made zero sense, but moving on. But no, and I think, I don't know, I was, let's, let's have this discussion since we're talking about it, but like, what do we think are the best movie musicals? I think this. I have a theory that I think there are three perfect movie musicals and then two ones that are very good but imperfect. Hit me with them. So, like, wait, are you asking what our favorites are or what the best What do we think are the best in terms of, like, both what we like the most and, like, in terms of iconography? I think West Side Story, for me, would be, like, number one. I think West Side and Side of Music are your one and two in whichever order you put them in. Yeah. I would say before this, I would have said, like, as my favorite, I probably would have said Moulin Rouge, um, which is vastly different than this. (laughs) Completely different. Um, But I think I think maybe this is now my new favorite uh, movie musical. I mean, I think that West Side Story and Sound of Music are uh, certainly the most important and impactful and probably the the most well-constructed and the best, but just as far as favorite goes, I think. Um, yeah, it's going to probably be this now, Singing in the Rain. The dance is so... The choreography is just in, so impressive. 
it's a master class of choreography. So this is my grand unified theory. Is I think the right. three perfect movie musicals that like define what a movie musical is in okay. terms of the three different genres are West Side, Sound of Music, Singing in the Rain. And I think the I other two that. that have to be in your top five in order to fully understand what musicals are are Moulin Rouge and Rocky Horror Picture Show. Mm. Ah, yes. Mm. I would 100% agree with that. That all, all across the board. I think um, those five Rocky define Horror what the movie musical is. Rocky Horror Picture Show is such a an interesting one, but I totally agree because it's such a... Um, it is the, I think, the pinnacle of queer camp like musicals, um, mm-hmm. and and is an, an an important monumental film to that uh, to musicals and to I would, I would argue queerness in general and it's yeah that's I would a great put choice. Dirty Dancing before I put Rocky Horror personally, but it's not a musical. I don't consider Dirty Dancing a musical. Yeah. Do they sing? They don't sing in it. I don't think no. so. I thought they did. They just do oh, something. They did. I mean, okay. it's a great movie. I'm da- so I'm trying. I'm struggling to like dance movies. I think dance, dance movies is a different discussion. And, yeah. So what would you say is your like the top dance? West Side movie? Story. Singing West Side Story. in the Rain. I agree, but I think I think Dirty Dancing is up yeah. there with for best dance movies. Oh yeah, sure. Yeah, totally. I would yeah. agree with that. Nobody puts Baby in the corner. So like yeah. step like the Step Up films or or like Bring It On maybe. Oh, so good. Um, you think. You, yeah. Busby Berkeley, we'd have to include something of his. Ezra, do you think West Side Story is the best music, one of the best musicals, period? Do I think West Side is one of the best musicals, period? Yeah. Do you know Ezra? No, I mean, I think it's a complicated discussion. I think we should save some of this for the West Side Story podcast I'm going to force us to do, so Drew and I can teach a three-hour-long masterclass on the concept of point of view in the musical. I think West Side's brilliant, and I, th- I think West Side is the most important American musical of all time. I think that's kind of unquestionable. Really? Well, because before West Side, before West Side, you had a singing ensemble, an acting ensemble, and a dancing ensemble. West Side is the first one to unite all three. It's the first one to Triple use threat. dance to tell a story. I mean, Singing in the Rain does that. Not really. Dance does not further the plot. That's what we've been talking about. The dance. Yes, is but like, the dance it is the plot. the plot to a halt. But it's not that's though. But it's not. No, I know. The dance is just there for fun. To show that Gene Kelly was like, I can tap. Yeah. Did you know? Very well. Very and it's incredible. Like, I think there's a... Pl- I mean, the same yeah. way that, like, I love operetta. Where, it, you know? I, I, I will say I also think that West Side Stories is incredibly important to, to stage violence as well. Uh, and stage combat as well. Because it uses dance as uh, combat. Um, in, a, in a way that I think personally definitely revolutionized how we view stage oh. combat in general. But I think West Side Story also has like a bunch of deep, deep problems that we need to get into. That we can get mm. into on a different episode. And we'll get into it in our West Side Story West episode. Story. Stay tuned. <laughs> I feel the need to make this comment like as a dancer and choreographer and someone that loves tap so much is like tap consists of like maybe 12 steps. It's just like how you sequence them and how fast you do it and how you kind of um syncopate it with the music and i mean it's just tap is so basic but is always when done well you are like i can't do that but like not to like 
sound like I'm this incredible dancer. I'm not. But like, I feel like if I played one of the dan- the tap numbers in like super slow motion, I could like figure out what they're doing. It's huh. just that it's so fast, which is what makes it so impressive. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Which you know takes a, t- a ton of talent, but tap is so easy. Simplistic. Sometimes. Yeah. That's so interesting because I. I would say tap is maybe one of my favorite types of dances. Totally. Um, so it's interesting you yeah. say that. I, th- I, I love the, the style of tap. I think it's a fun, a very, very fun um, type of dancing. I guess we should talk about Gene Hagen, who got the <sighs> acting nomination. I think she's fine. Arguably. She's fine, but she's clearly the weakest of the four. Oh, absolutely. In my opinion. Oh, absolutely. The the, the trio is incredible. Their their chemistry is so well works so well together as like a trio and it's yeah, they're so much better than her. But she does fine work. I don't know why they gave it to her and not Debbie Reynolds. Right. Like she doesn't dance, she doesn't sing. Her act no. I mean, her part is just silly. Uh, it's just like not as impressive to me. Yeah. I mean, it's a fun, silly villain for this kind of movie. It's like the perfect, she's the perfect yeah. villain for this movie. But like, and I, sure, give her the, give her the Oscar. But I, yeah, I don't, I mean, I don't know why we're not giving it to Gene Kelly or Debbie Reynolds or what's the other man's name? Donald O'Connor. I think that's the one that makes the least sense to me. It's like, if you're going to pick one performer of this movie, as the sort of like breakout. It's Donald O'Connor, yeah. right? It's the like oh, yeah. it's, objectively. It's the like he, like I'm just looking at the supporting actor lineup, and we definitely could have squeezed him in. Like he, oh, he definitely yeah. could have. I looked uh, at it as well, and I was like, eh. uh, all the white people in the movie about the Mexican Revolution. I mean, at bare at bare minimum, he should have won just for that three minute segment of make him laugh alone. I mean, just nominated. He wasn't even nominated, I, Chandler. I know it's something. I yeah. give him a Nobel Peace Prize for make him laugh. That is <laughs> such an incredible, Truly. incredible movement performance. If you teach movement, dance, anything, watch make him laugh, and that is your entire unit. You teach an entire unit on just that three-minute segment. Um, and the fact that this I man just... was snubbed is a war crime, and I'll say <laughs> it: it's a war crime. I just wonder, like, what. How like how Gene Kelly, Debbie Reynolds, and Donald O'Connor like felt when they first saw the nomination list, and they were like, "Really? Like really? we did all the work in this movie? <laughs> Come I'm... on, we were the ones dancing and sweating and having yeah. bloody feet and crying. Like literally, they put in blood, sweat, and tears, and all Gene Hagen put in was a funny voice, her nasally annoying voice. Uh, Debbie it's Reynolds absurd. said the two most painful things she's ever gone through are childbirth and singing in the rain. Jeez, Yikes. really? Oh gosh. Yikes. I, I would be believe it. I would be pretty upset if I was any of the three people. If I was Gene Kelly, I'd be like, like what the Donald fuck? O'Connor spent days in the hospital and didn't even get a nomination hey, oh, hey, oh, for this fucking movie. What are we doing? That apparently he had to go to the hospital because he smoked four packs of cigarettes a day. Oh well. But that was the fifties. Uh, you were prescribed cigarettes by no, your like, doctor in the fifties. So apparently he had like a breathing issue, which is why I make him laugh took so much out of him. But just something is so uh, funny to me about like in between every take they're all just like chain smoking and then like time to do a show. <laughs> Alright, camera's rolling. Alright. <laughs> Tap it out, let's go. Yeah. And there is, like I keep saying this, but like it's just such a delightful, like 
I mean, like, to go back to go back to your question about how do they feel, I mean, I don't know any of these people, actually, but, like, the vibe they give is just, like, whatever, another city, another show, time to move on, cut print, we're rolling, and, like, and, like, they're so not precious about it, and, like, like, um, the famous story that Gene Kelly recorded the, the title track, uh, the choreography for it, while he had a 105 degree fever. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Mm. Oh, so, oh, Gene Kelly is, um, credited as co-directing this movie i did not know that oh yeah 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 it's gene kelly and stanley Doan. donan um and i also think the direction of this film deserved a nomination i think the direction is really really spectacular uh give comden and green and their oscar for best screenplay yeah. one of the, right. the great musical theater writing uh duos um they were supposed to write west side story interestingly and then they couldn't um, because they were working on something else, which is why they had to bring in a young Stephen Sondheim. Um, I just looked up uh, the director of Singing in the Rain. Uh, can you guys guess what year he died? 1952. I don't know. Maybe he died when the movie came out. 2010. 2019. What? Last year? Yeah. Last year? He was 94. He was married five times and was a w- with a woman until the until and, with a lame way until he died. Um, he did On the Town. Oh, okay. so he was like, okay. oh, he did Pajama Game. He did Damn Yankees. So he did, oh, did, so he must have worked <gasps> with um, Fosse uh, He did uh, the, the Little Prince, which starred Bob Fosse. Wow. He did uh, Funny Face. Essentially, he was like the guy, it seems to like you're bringing something. It's a, it's a musical and you just need a guy who can just make a musical. And he's like, great, I'll do it. Huh. He won an honorary Oscar. Which a lot of people don't consider real, so he never won a competitive Oscar. Mm. I thought I thought Fosse directed Damn Yankees and he choreographed it. Maybe that was the stage version. So Fosse um, and he did Pajama Games. No, so George Abbott directed all those, and he brought Fosse in to, chore- to choreograph them. And I think one of them uh, Abbott and Fosse did together. Um, but it was like, so George Abbott was like the Broadway guy who was just like, look, you just need a man, man to, to direct your musical. And then he just like kind of randomly found Bob Fosse. And then everyone was like, so hmm. this guy. <laughs> so this fucking guy knows what he's doing. Oh, so it may have been like the situation where with Gene Kelly co-directed this, uh, yeah. Singing in the Rain. So it may have been a sim- similar situation. Yeah. Hmm. When movies have so much dance and you need to bring on a choreographer it's almost that they're kind of working hand in hand, the director and choreographer. I also just want to say that, that modern filmmakers, I don't think utilize the aerial shot as much as we need to. I love the aerial shots in this film. Just like Mm, when they pan over whoever's in the center and then they just kind of sort of, grow from the ground up and you just see like the circle of dancers i think it happened at least three times in this film and i did not care that they were repeating uh, yeah. style i loved it i actually think the cinematography of this time is pretty ahead of its time i think maybe i'm wrong and i know nothing mm-hmm. about cinematography but i think the cinematography is great in this movie i just think the camera work is really good to be able to follow the dancers mm-hmm. and all the movement so mm-hmm. well yeah controlled have moments where they just sort of give to the performers and not have to add any other like fancy camera work smash cut to their feet smash cut to their face you know and just let it be 
Yeah. Yeah, it's like that, like, lame-is thing. The lame-is movie where it's like, we gotta put a close-up on their faces to show you their, their singing, except for dance a lot of times, where it's like, we need to yeah. make sure that you absolutely know that these people are dancing. And it's like, just fucking put yeah. the camera... Like, I think a great example of this is Magic Mike, weirdly enough, which I think is also, like, one of the best movies of the 21st century. Um, huh? Magic Mike's a masterpiece. I don't think I've seen it. We'll put that on the podcast. That'll be our next episode. It wasn't nominated for anything. Chandler, have you seen Magic what? Mike? I have not. Okay, so let me tell you guys quickly, since we're off the rails, what Magic Mike's about. So Magic Mike, the way it was marketed, it's like male strippers. And you're like, I know what the fuck yeah. the movie is. The movie is about how capitalism destroys your soul, and so you can't follow your dreams, and so you have to go into a continued series of shitty, uh, underpaid, precarious jobs that will just fuck you over at a moment's notice, and that we only want you, want you for your labor, we don't actually care about your soul. That's the textual, textually... That is textually what Magic no. Mike's about. The screenplay yeah. of Magic Mike is about how capitalism will crush your soul. Yes, it's by um, Soderbergh, one of the greatest American filmmakers. Don't know who that is. You got a film for me that I would know? Ocean's Eleven. Oh, oh wow. Okay. Um, what was your point about Magic Mike in this movie? Uh, just like I would dance. say that that's another example where they just like put the camera and let the people dance because they hired dancers. And here's the thing: mm. just hire fucking dancers. I don't need to see Jason Derulo. I don't need to see. Anna Kendrick. I do not. I do not need to see. Actually, though, in fairness, Jason Derulo is a good dancer. But like this thing of the like. But I did not want to see him as a cat. Or like Johnny Depp as a wolf. Like no, just give me. There are so many performers who are. Look, just put Christian Chenoweth in there. Just like just like, just hire people who can sing and who can dance and let them sing and dance. I don't understand why so this many is such fans. a hard conversation. Nike actually just released a commercial or like an ad on Instagram that the way it's edited, it's it's many different types of sports. And so it's so, for example, it's like a skier, like going from camera left to camera right. And as the skier is traveling, it, it transitions into another sport. So like a baseball player, like whacking the ball or something. And you can tell that all of these athletes are doing their job well. And then suddenly it pans to a dancer who has sickled feet, terrible arms, not straight legs, just not a dancer. It's a, it's, she's a model. There's a whole Instagram account called like models who are dancers or something. I'll, I can't remember the, the actual name of it, but it's like all of these companies, like magazine companies, big brand companies hiring non-dancers to do like dance roles and you're just like why there are so many fucking dancers out there to hire that you just refuse to and it's infuriating Hmm. as a dancer that's my ted talk for today so (laughs) hire dancers were also athletes a dancer could you could have found a dancer so easily to do that job but no you had to hire someone who didn't know how to point her fucking toes i guess what's so frustrating since we're on our dance rant, is I think dance is one of the greatest art forms ever created by by humans. Um, and yep. what I think is unique about dance as composed to theater, as opposed to even, I would say, music, is that dance is as good on film as it is live. It is as exciting to mm-hmm. watch a dance mm-hmm. on film as it is to watch a dance live. And the same can't be yeah. said of, I would argue, acting, 
I would say watching acting live is very, very exciting. And even watching music, watching live music is kind of second to none. Dance, you can kind of do either. So why the fuck have we gone backwards? <laughs> if you watch like old Busby yeah. Berkeley movies from the fucking 30s, it's like, oh my god, this dance looks incredible. But then we have this Cracker Jack shit where in the, if you watch Grease, I took a musical theater uh, class in high school. And we had to like, and we had to, we're talking about choreography and he showed us Grease. And we're like, this looks like bullshit. Like the the way they yeah, film trash. dancing in Greece is trash. Trash. And it's like in the seventies, well, Greece is just trash. Greece has problems, yeah. but I think it has some really good musical numbers. Where like, like watching like Summer Nights. Summer Nights is a good song. It, the politics are bad, but like as a song, whatever. <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll tap my toe, but it's like, just point the <laughs> fucking camera. Why is yeah. this such yeah. a hard discussion? directors producers whatever they want it like they're like okay it's a dance number we have to get like super intricate with the camera work to like show all the angles and like no i don't want to see all the angles i want to see the fucking whole body so i can see the dance moves that's all you need Even something something like hamilton i'm like why are we why are we close like zooming in on these close no i want to see the The, whole picture the way they shot hamilton is a hate crime but i'm like are there uh, uh, is there an ensemble in the show you wouldn't know by watching the pro shot Exactly. <laughs> and what's frustrating about that is it's not hard. You just have to back the camera up and leave it there. Don't touch it. Just leave it there. Let them dance. Let them do their thing. And if they're not good dancers, I don't know, cast a better dancer. A couple different angles wouldn't be wouldn't be a problem, but like I don't need to see the dancers like chin to side boob, you know? Yeah. That <laughs> that angle, I don't need that. I don't need that. 100%. I don't need their their mid leg. I no Nope, let me see. It also comes from this thing of that, like, we won't know how they, what this character is feeling unless we do a close up on their face. Do you know what tells emotion? Dancing! Clearly, people just don't understand dancing as as a storytelling medium. If you're going to make a music. This is our PSA. I think if you're making a musical movie or a musical in general, putting on film, just watch Singing in the Rain, and there you go. That's all you need. Just. Let us see the dance. I don't I don't need anything else. Just let me see the dance. Same thing with like fighting. It's like if you're gonna do a stunt work, if you're gonna do combat work, just point the camera and let me watch. Fuck this Marvel bullshit. Where it's like, here's a cut here, here's a yeah. cut there, we're gonna cut with every punch. Just point the camera. If and, and if you and if your fight looks bad, um when it's just pointing the camera, then your fight is bad. If you have to do like eighty smash cut edits <laughs> Uh, with, with like, punch left, smash cut, hit, smash cut, uppercut, smash cut, like, then your fight's bad, and you need to re-choreograph it. That's, it's pretty easy, just get a better fight coordinator, it's not hard. I also think, going back to singing, this <laughs> episode is, is allegedly about, allegedly. going back to, like, just it being so simple in the intricacy, if that makes sense, like, the mm-hmm, tap is mm-hmm. intricate you there is no argument against that the tap is hard the tap is intricate they are those are all talented tappers those are not like tap one students the the way that it's shot the way that's even choreographed the way that it's 
presented to us as an audience is simple because again it's like a couple angles you barely ever ch- the camera follows them you tr- you're 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 watching the story and you're you're going through it with with them I feel like now we just try to over choreograph everything we try to overdo everything and like the best example that comes to my mind is Casey Nicola uh the prom <laughs> and uh mean girls it's just like why are the dancers in the air on count one down on the floor on count two leg extension on count th- it's just <laughs> too much like too yeah. much like Let's get back to the basics of like there is something to with stillness and dance too and there is mm-hmm. value in taking a breath and taking like a moment to be like like let like give a little take to the to the audience or whatever just to kind of close out the section on dance I would say the best example in modern it was a movie from last year called Climax that begins with a 15 minute long dance sequence that is done in one take and like what they do with that camera, they, like, flip it over the roof. Like, it's incredibly intricate dance work, but it's one take, and they are allowed, and they, it is far enough back that you are able to see that every single one of these dancers is actually dancing while also having the weird camera angles, and it's upside down and all that shit. Like, yeah. you can do that if you have actual people who know how to do the thing you want them to do. If you cannot dance, right. you cannot be in a musical that requires you to dance. I hate to break it to you. And the Oscar goes to... All right, so this will be a pretty short segment. We're going to transition into our Should It Have Won. Like we said, this movie was only nominated for two Academy Awards, Best Act- best Supporting Actress, excuse me, for Gene Hagen, and Best Music. So, Ezra, you want to take yeah. it away? So for, um, it was nominated for Best Scoring of a Musical Picture. Um, the other nominees were uh, The Medium, the Jazz Singer, which I assume is a remake. Um, Hannah Christian Anderson and The Winner with a Song in My Heart. I don't know any of these films. Um, right. And in terms of score, like, my understanding, given looking at who's dominated, is that score doesn't include the songs. Yeah, which is strange. Yes. Weird. I mean, the Academy was still fairly, like, new at this point. I believe this was the 25th, so... I mean, that's not, like brandy new but i feel like they're still sort of figuring shit out i'm gonna say yes it should have won because i've never heard of any of these movies and i and uh singing in the rain is a classic it's one that you hear about you know of singing in the rain so yeah it should have won at me academy uh best supporting actress um our nominees are thelma ritter with a song in my heart terry moon come back little shiva sorry i had to pause for the comma uh colette manchard (laughs) for (laughs) Moulin Rouge, Gene Hagen for Singing in the Rain, and Gloria Graham for The Bad and The Beautiful. Who wins? Uh, I say, again, Singing in the Rain should have won here. I mean, no, she, she does not deserve no, to she win. No, she did not deserve an Academy Award for this I think she does won. good work. I think she does good work. I just think that it should have been any, like, they should have nominated the other three. I don't think her work is that good. I think it's like solid. I think she's fine. fine. I don't think her work is. Yeah, that good. I don't think we can give Oscars for fine. It's not unless you're walking. I don't think we can give her an Oscar. I'm fine with whoever yeah. won, but I'm not fine with you know Debbie Reynolds, Gene Kelly, and uh, Donald O'Connor not yeah. being nominated. Snub. We've beaten that dead horse. Shall we get into what you've been watching this week? Can't you shut up? I'm busy. Boy, what a great show. Ezra, what have you been watching this week? Um, I did not expect to go first. Um, so my... 
Uh, one of my all-time favorite films. I weirdly, we were talking about this earlier, but Steven Soderbergh is like my one of my all-time favorite directors. Um, one of my favorite living directors. And uh, my favorite of his films is Ocean's Eleven, um, which my partner had never seen. Um, and so we went through and we watched the, the original three, Ocean's Eleven, Twelve, and Thirteen. Ocean's Twelve continues to be the most brave movie ever made uh, because of one very bananas twist that happens in it. Claudia, what have you been watching? I was just down the shore with my family this past week so I actually took a nice needed break from TV it was spending time with my family doing puzzles that kind of shit Um, but when I would sort of escape to my room at the end of the night I wasn't really in the mood to watch anything too intense and I happened to notice that there are new episodes of Dance Moms posted on Hulu so I've been catching up on Dance Moms because I hate myself <laughs> Chandler what have you been watching oh um I uh, my roommate Cameron and I shout out Cameron Newton um started watching Immigration Nation on Netflix the uh documentary about ICE uh we're watching it an episode at a time because it is a lot and uh yeah, it's it's rough. America is a horrible place. Horrible, horrible place. Yeah, I think ice, I'm gonna start that tonight. Abolish ice. Ice or Nazis? I mean, just objectively speaking. While I was away, David watched the whole thing, and I was like, I wanted to watch it together, and so I was like, shit, like let me, should I catch up? Like, should I watch an episode? And then I was like, hey, fam, you want to watch this? And they were like, we're on vacation. We don't want to cry. Yeah. So <laughs> we'll watch it when we're home. And yeah, it's not. Rough. I'm looking forward to it, but it, like in the worst way, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I, I like. Yeah. I know it's important content for content for me to consume, but I'm not excited for the the feelings that are going to attach to it and the Oof. anger and the anger all of that. If, if if Immigration Nation doesn't radicalize you against the capitalist state, I really you're a fascist there's like no i can't help you i there's no help for you you're a fascist all right so that's all we have for you what today. An episode. if you liked what you heard be sure to subscribe on whatever you're listening give us a rating and review if you have that option follow us on instagram at htbn.podcast and we post new episodes every friday so be on the lookout every for friday. that any final words friends uh, abolish ice uh, fuck the police. go watch singing in the rain abolish ice and abolish ice go watch singing in the rain it's fun your way into a socialist <laughs> yes go watch ice and then to re- watch immigration nation then recover watch singing in the rain there you go that's a good idea yeah, yeah. It's, it's fun. have Learn something. Balance. And then make yourself feel a little bit better by watching some fun dance numbers. That's all she wrote. And we'll talk to you guys next week. Bye. 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 Bye.